Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Huskies on tap listeners. We are here after the Western Michigan game, a 30 to 27 victory for the Western Michigan Broncos. A hell of a game, a hell of an effort, a lot of heart from this young Huskies team and a lot of positives too. I mean, it was a great game all around, but before we break this game down, let me check in with my co-host Ethan Wiles and then we'll get into this one for you. Yeah, it's obviously a tough loss. Uh, I think we both said multiple times throughout the game that we were going to win this football game and there was many chances to walk away victorious but at the end of the day we couldn't make the plays necessary some things hurt us throughout the football game that once again cost us a win but like you said there's a lot to look forward to and it's just another case of a six game season being another rebuild season for us yeah and I actually I just left the press conference here uh, with NIU Athletics it was uh, Jordan Gandy uh, Coach Hammock and, and Tyrese Ritchie and one of the first things that Coach Hammock said, you know, in his statement was, you know, we were able to control the time of possession. We were able to move the ball. We kept their offense off the ball. We we had we didn't have any turnovers. We had great ball security. The Huskies did a lot of things great today, but they just came up short. And, and Ethan, I think it kind of goes to what you were saying. While we did make a lot of plays and while we did score 27 points today, there was times in this game that, you know, an inopportune sack occurred or an inopportune drop. And then obviously towards the end on the last drive, it all kind of just stockpiled to the point where we couldn't get anything going. But I mean, feed Tyrese Ritchie, Dennis Robinson looked pretty good today and, and started to look like he was getting more in sync with quarterback Ross Bowers. And then two, the two-headed monster in Harrison Whaley and, and, and Aaron Collins both had quality games. I I'm a little at a loss of words after this game because, like you said, Ethan, you know, throughout the game, as the game continues to progress, we start to see the way the defense is playing. We got Pew back in the second half. And the way they were kind of keeping their playmakers at bay with the exception of a few home run plays, I can't really be angry with this team about anything right now. I mean, I understand we lost. I understand we're 0-4. It sucks. Get over it. We, we knew what we were getting into in the rebuild. And anybody that is kind of jumping off the ship right now, I would like to kindly point you to the Temple football program where Rod Carey is not doing much better. So Rod Carey sold Coach Hammock a shitty house of goods, 
Coach Hammock is in the process of rebuilding it. And you got to sit here. And if you actually know football, you can sit here and say that we've gotten better every week with the exception of the Central Michigan game. Yeah, I think this was Ross Bauer's best game of the season, hands down. I think outside of the last play of the first half, I think this was another well-called football game by Thomas Hammock and uh, Coach Coach E on the offensive side as well. So I think that, like I said, there was some some stutters in the third, fourth quarter that were kind of like, okay, what, you know, third down in third and four, and we're running up the middle. It's like, okay, what what are we doing? But outside of a few of those calls, I mean, I think it really was a well-called game, and uh, the defense, like you said, just was outstanding again today. Kyle Pugh didn't even play in the well, he played the whole third quarter, but within like four minutes left in the third quarter, he had already had like three tackles. So just uh, just goes to show how well he comes on and, and really just what he does to this defense. Yeah, and again, too, I mean, Western Michigan just put up, we talked about how they average close to, I don't even have the thing in front of me right now, but they score like 40, 50 points a game. They just scored 50 last week against Central Michigan. I mean, this defense has a lot to be proud of. Coach Hammock talked about it in the presser. You know, they're still starting seven freshmen, seven kids that had to ask to go to the bathroom six months ago. You feel me? So it's it's frustrating, but... One thing I will say, and, and Coach Hammock did say this in his in his leading statement, Western Michigan coach Tim Lester, the first thing that he said to Coach Hammock uh, after the game when they, you know, met up at midfield, I don't know if they did the handshake because I know with COVID they're not trying to do all that stuff this year, but Coach Hammock always likes to at least kind of show respect. I know he's talked about it in some of the pressers where there was no real message from the MAC on whether they were going to do it or not. But anyways, Coach Lester said, you know, he, he has a hell of a team, and they battled tooth and nail today, and, and we should be proud of this team. Obviously, you want to win these games, and and if you look at it, these last two games, we could be looking at a 2-2 two and two record with anything is possible these last two weeks. I feel like the team, we're going to do a little bit of forecasting, but I feel like we're going to finish 2-4. and four. I can sit here, I can confidently say that I feel like we're going to finish 2-4. and four. Watch enough Toledo, watch enough Eastern Michigan. They don't know how to close a game. We also don't know how to close a game, but I feel like we're more talented. That's one thing as this team starts to mature and moving forward, they're going to have to figure out. But they know how to hang, and they can definitely play competitive football. Yeah, I said that at the end of the game with you, too, is that these next two games are so winnable. And this team, I, I feel like, feel or knows that they are so close. We know that they're so close. And with such a big game looming like Toledo, your last home game of this shortened season, like you're going to go out and win this football game. And I feel like after the last two weeks, this team has had of being right there and being so close to a win that they're going to be fired up and coming out on senior night or rather senior day, rather this year, um, senior day and just beat Toledo. They have to, I think that's the one goal they have now. Like what else do we have to lose at this point? Like you said, Oh, and four, we very well could be facing a 500 season after this game, but you know, I think some things just didn't go our way. And I know one thing I said after the game, too, was there's a lot to be proud of with this team. And I just am looking so forward to this next full season already. If you look at it by the numbers, Ross Bauer statistically had his best game. And you also had a clean sheet as far as fumbles and interceptions. Kid that battled tooth and nail was trying to give, you know, give his team a chance to win. And a guy that, again, every week we talk about him. And, you know, he had 12 catches today. 
over 130 yards. The kid is an absolute star in the making and someone that should be showing up on NFL. You know, there was definitely NFL scouts out there to watch Dwayne Eskridge today. They definitely got a little bit of a taste of who Tyrese Ritchie was because until Eskridge ran that kickback and had that late touchdown, it was the Tyrese Ritchie show this afternoon. And that kid is phenomenal. Well, they showed, I think, I don't remember when exactly during the game they showed it, but uh, I took the picture of it. Caleb Ellaby's being number one in QBR in terms of the NCAA. And you know, just that little graphic at the bottom, six of 13, 90 yards for zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Like that was one thing that we hammered all week and really all, you know, off season and looking ahead to this season was going to be this matchup and those two players. And realistically, they shut him down today. So I know I tweeted it out, but it just goes to show this defense is truly elite. And I think that with another year of experience like this, those guys are going to be so good next year. To kind of tip our hat, I mean, Jordan Gandy, we knew that he was going to have to have an insane game to kind of keep those guys at bay. He today broke an NIU single game record with five pass breakups. So pass off to Jordan Gandy, uh, one of our, I think it was my pre uh, pregame player of the game for defense. So hats off to him for making things happen. But there was a couple times too, Ethan, like down the stretch, like that late touchdown that tied the game up, like no one was home. It seemed like it was a miscommunication between, you know, zone or uh, man coverage. And it, it was just a couple plays again. It wasn't like we got blown out. They had control of the game the entire game. And the defense really was setting the tempo because, like we said, you know, this Western Michigan team scores at nauseum. They know how to put points on the board in a hurry. And to keep them at 30, we talked a lot about on Wednesday, this game has to be one in the 20s. Pretty close. Pretty close to getting our win in the 20s couple different things we wish would have went a different way, but eventually the defense can only hold for so long. And I feel like we've had to say that every week, but the offense couldn't get the points when they needed them down the stretch. That, and I think just a few other things that kind of shot us in the foot today was, uh, and we were so close with the interception with Dylan Thomas too, just like fingertips away from that. I think that was a huge play that kind of changed it. Uh, the penalties on special teams today, I think definitely two of them, I think on punt, like that's unacceptable. Like you gotta, you gotta clean that one up. One of them definitely changed the the game at the end. Uh, you gotta clean that up. And then um, just the missed tackling again, like that, it was first drive, second drive of the game that Western Michigan went down and had a huge gain on missed tackles. And I know that the inexperience is, is there and it's a struggle, but you're four games in now. You got to figure that stuff out. Yeah, and I mean, we had one on an offensive player and one on a defensive player as the main march, and um, his name's uh, Messiah Travis. I don't know why his name's slipping away, but those are two guys that aren't necessarily starters. Those are deaf players that are fighting for opportunities, and when your opportunities are so few and far between, and the coach is going to have to remember your name, and you know the clicker is going to get pointed at you in the film room, not good. So. Pick your head up, make make a better play, you know, the next time around. But we cannot, you know, we cannot afford in a game where we're clearly at a deficit of talent, as much as I hate to say it, you know, the Western Michigan team is a far more talented team than we are. But you cannot afford to make those, you know, mistakes, those 15-yard penalties. Luckily, we were able to hold on to the ball all game. No fumbles, no picks. So that is something that if you would have told me, 
was going to happen a few weeks ago after the Buffalo and the Central Michigan, and even last week, I would have called you a liar. They play, you know, they played a clean game from a turnover standpoint, and my hat's off to them for that. Yeah, just another stepping stone to a successful football team. I mean, it's we've seen a lot of improvements over these four games, and I think that it's not going to stop. You're going to see a lot going forward in these next two as well. I think they're going to see an even better football team come out next weekend against Toledo, uh, and then. You know, we get our shot against Eastern Michigan at the end of the year. So two very winnable football games. I think realistically that NIU can win these two football games. It's just a matter of piecing the right puzzle pieces together and just working as a, a cohesive unit. I mean, with the, the pieces are there. It's just putting them all together at this point. This was the most complete football game that they've played all season. And with the way that they played against Ball State last week, I was honestly a little scared that they may have came out here and dropped a dud. But there's no quit in this team. I mean, if you think about it like this, like we've talked about it on this podcast where this year is kind of a freebie year. I mean, not necessarily in everything in life, but in football. These kids are, or these guys are going to get an extra year of eligibility. We were talking about it a lot during the game while we were watching it. This team is going to be a force in the MAC. It may not be that, you know, it's clearly not this year. I don't know why I said it may not, but it's clearly not this year. Next year, they you can expect this team in a full game, in a full season. I'll go out and say it over six wins, at least bowl eligibility. I don't think that's, you know, way too out of the realm of possibilities, especially looking how good the young talent is on this team. Yeah, I, I think six wins is a very likely number. I mean, they've only got four of, the, of next year's opponents. Uh, very tough, good ACC opponent on the road against Georgia Tech. Wyoming comes to DeKalb. We do go to the big house next year. Don't know what that program's going to be like after they suffer. Bro, we're going to be we're going to be Michigan in the big house. Put this on record. We will be Michigan in the big house. I don't even know. You know, the whole state of Detroit might get fired today, bro. Like. Eastern Michigan's coach after blowing a 17-point lead yesterday. Jim Harbaugh got, you know, they lost to Penn State. Penn State hasn't won a game all year. I'm going to cut you off before you say the state of Detroit again. State of Detroit, (laughs) run it. Get rid of it. it. Detroit, Salani, all of them. Kalamazoo, get rid of them all. We're all about Flint, Michigan, because that's where Dustin Fletcher's from, and he looked good today as well. What were your thoughts on Dustin today? Yeah, hey, I think uh, Coach Hammett could have something going with the, the two quarterback set. Very interesting. I think that's something that is going to be interesting to look at going forward. We finally are seeing some reps from from Dustin Fletcher and even the god-awful ESPN commentators on the ESPN Plus stream today said that Dustin Fletcher has more better mobility than Ross does. I think Ross is a little bit, you know, He's able to lay the wood a little bit, but he's not as fast, but he can still boogie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So I think it's going to be interesting. These next two games really will. I don't think Ross deserves to be pulled by any means. Now, I mean, I think those those people kind of were shut up today by by his performance. So it definitely excited me for what this offense can do. I think that they're still trying to work through some things. So it's there. The pieces are there. I think six wins is uh is a very likely number for this team next year and very good non-conference opponents in the first four. Yeah, and we need to get some good announcers on our games. I oh, mean, my. Sending a highlight can reel we, out. Can we get an, okay, okay, well, let's get an actual score bug. Let's get an actual score bug before we work on the commentators. 
just put me on a tape delay. And yeah, that score bug, uh, that's tough. That's a bad look for the Mac. That's a bad look for ESPN. That's a bad look for all parties involved. And on top of the score bug, too, if you were paying attention, the line of scrimmage and the yellow line, that doesn't mean anything for those of you that don't know anyways. But it, that shit was diagonal. It was literally like it was literally going on like a diagonal cross. Like it was no straight line. There was a lot of small delicacies that we don't appreciate every week and that we did see in the broadcast and the uh, coverage of the game. So it, it is what it is. But I just feel like, you know, first and foremost, I first I didn't know Dustin Fletcher was 6'3", He's getting into a college nutrition program. You can only expect him to grow more, get bigger, get faster, get stronger. Dennis Robinson, too big, too fast on that touchdown in the end zone. That's another guy who uh, uses his size to his advantage. But even uh, Andrew Haydick completed a pass today. I know um, Dustin didn't get really any, you know, passing opportunities, but that fake punt was a big play in the game. And Coach Hammock was going for it on fourth down like he was playing Madden today, and they were converting at an unreal clip. I did not expect to see the fake punt at all, but, I mean, I didn't even see Andrew Haydick was out there. But you – you said it best. They should have seen that one coming. They didn't. I know you caught him sleeping. And I think that's the best thing about Coach Hammock is that he knows that he can catch teams sleeping. And I think that's going to win him football games. It's going to be valuable. It's a valuable trait that he has. And like I said, it's going to win us football games down the stretch. It's just a matter of, you know, he talked about just how crazy this offseason was. He didn't know if the Mac was going to play. They started late. I Like I said, I'm excited to see where this team goes in a full off-season, full college football season. Yeah, and, and I'm going to quote the the great Stacy King, the Bulls play-by-play announcer, but KYP, know your personnel. You see number 10 come out there at, at the up-back position, you should know fake's coming. That's on you. So, hate to see it for Western Michigan. But the one thing that we talked about, you know, on the preview podcast, the Central Michigan game, who was the team that they came back against with the onside kick? Was that Toledo? That was Toledo, wasn't it? Yeah. Most of their games this season, with the exception of Akron, who, like we said, is the doormat of the MAC, the other two games that they played in, some heroic stuff had to happen for them to win. Not necessarily Central Michigan, but they went down 14-3 early. And, I mean, they were able to battle back. So, I mean, similar to what we talked about with Ball State, the only foregone conclusion in this conference is Buffalo and that man, Jarrett Patterson, who tied an NCAA record with eight rushing touchdowns today. And I don't know how many yards he finished with, but had an absolute video game like game today. But the yeah, match. I just, I just pulled that up. 36 yeah. carries, 36 carries, 409 yards, eight touchdowns. Buffalo won 70 to 41. Yeah, that's. That's a. I thought Kent State would hang a little bit closer, but any given Saturday or any given Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday, whatever day. I mean, there was a Friday action game yesterday, so any day of the week for the MAC because we like to play on any day. Um, a team can go out there and win a football game, and we see that with the way that this team battles week in and week out. And I also want our fans and our listeners to think of it like this: every college goes through this cycle, unless you're Alabama or Clemson. Us as Notre Dame fans, we've dealt with seasons like this. I mean, every college has a down year or a down few years. Uh, They were right there on on the cusp of bowl eligibility last year. And we knew that, you know, Western Michigan, they would have wanted this win more than anything because we kept them out of the MAC championship game last year. 
a lot of people thought we were going to get the doors blown off of us. It was a game that we had a possession with a minute left with a chance to go either tie or win the game. So, I mean, the growth of this team is continuous. It's getting better week in and week out. Complimentary football is something that Coach Hammock talks a lot about. I know we want to see our guy Trayvon Rudolph break one. And one thing we haven't talked about yet was kind of the absence of Cole Tucker today and the lack of urgency to want to run a punt back. I don't know if he was kind of dealing. You said earlier he looks like he's not at 100% of dealing with something. But I I didn't expect to not see Cole Tucker out there for at least 50% of the offensive snaps. That was that was new to me. Yeah, I don't want to speculate either. I mean, we don't know what went on or I, like I said, pure, pure, my eyes, you know, I, I could be totally wrong. Don't know if, if Cole was hurt or not, but obviously we hope he's not. But yeah, um, you know, the what wasn't really out there on offense, but, you know, good to see he was out there on special teams. So don't really know what uh, what the decision was there or if they saw an advantage. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, either way, you know, we hope uh, Cole is good and we hope to see him back out on the offense soon because he is a playmaker. You know, it's been it, it has probably hasn't gone the way he wanted it to this season so far. But at the end of the day, fuck. But we know that he is a playmaker and he can go out, make the catches that we need, go up, make the plays. And, you know, if needed and he finds the space, can return punts for us. Yeah, I think, you know, the success of our other receivers is due to the fact, not necessarily just because of people keying in on Tyrese Ritchie, but we've talked about how this receiving core has a little bit of everything. You know, you have Tyrese Ritchie, who can you can run out of the slot. You can put him on the boundary. You have Dennis Robinson, who at 6'5", 220, I know Ross missed him on the pass, but had a chance to get like an 80-yard touchdown today. I, I can't say definitively that he would have scored, but it looked pretty damn close that all he had to do was catch the ball and he would have been off to the races. Daniel Crawford had a couple good plays today in the pass game, and then, too, the growth of Trayvon Rudolph, whether it's in the kick return game or in the pass catching game, is something that we should all be keeping our eyes on. I'm really comfortable with the playmakers that they have moving forward, and then, too, a lot of them are really young. Like, the younger receivers on this team, guys like Mohamed Toure, guys like Messiah Travis, uh, guys like... Michael Love, like, and and we haven't seen Michael Love yet this season, but, you know, there's a lot of different athletes on on this team that can be counted on in crunch time. It's just we need to continue to be put in those high-pressure situations, and eventually we'll be the ones coming out on top. I couldn't agree more. I think given that opportunity and giving giving this opportunity to learn from games like this and games like these first four, I mean, we've been able to – hang around we've looked at these games we've talked about each and every one of them after the game and just looking back at how many winnable games we've talked about I mean we could be talking at a potential you know MAC championship berth if one or two things go our way here so the team is right there there is no need to jump ship on this or or not you know anticipate next season by any means because really there is such a bright future and there's there's a lot to look forward to going ahead into these next two games, the final two games of this season, and then just immediately the day after how this team will get to work, how this coaching staff will get to work for next season, and really just where this team goes to work and how they hit the gym. And really that'll go forward for these next two games as well. Yeah, and after tonight, I want to buy Coach Hammett like a beer or like whatever his favorite lunch is because he called a hell of a game. 
he left it all out there. He's usually a guy that we don't see wear his heart too much on his sleeves. And this was a tough game. I mean, you know, when you hit a couple of those things that he talked about early on in the season, you know, we want to be brilliant in the basics. You know, you talk about ball security. You talk about, you know, they didn't get a defensive touchdown, but they gave up a kick return. So you, that, we won't throw that in there. But you talk about all these different, you know, metrics that they use to track winnable football games we talk about winnable football games they were able to move the ball the defense was able to get a couple sacks on a mobile quarterback someone who had the highest passer rating in all of college football coming into today i know it's on a smaller sample size with three games you're talking about someone from the mac that got a senior bowl invite someone that is has been compared to tyree kill by nfl draft experts not just us guys with a podcast and a microphone but this team was arguably the best team in the MAC outside of Buffalo. And that's the metric that I'm going to use. I'm going to, this is my metric. Look at how we came out against Buffalo, arguably the best team in the MAC. Western Michigan right now, with you know, Kent State getting blown off the side of the earth today against Buffalo, is the clear cut second best team in the MAC. From week one to week four, there is what is it, like a 16 point point differential? no turnovers. We got some third quarter points and we just have seen so much growth. I think Ross actually had 303 today now that I think about it. Okay. Ross had 230 and three touchdowns. And then from the running game, yards per carry wasn't the best. It was 43 carries for 112 yards, but they fed Harrison Whaley, 25 carries, 68 yards, you'd like to see him break those loose a little bit more. I know we saw a little bit of problems from the offensive line, but I know at one point Logan Schernitz went down during the game, and that D-line that Western Michigan has has some dogs on it. So, again, not to, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here in a second, not to keep running in circles, but you can expect this team to potentially go two and four. And no matter what, like there, these will be one possession games, the next two games. It's just a question of if we're on the winning side. of I think we're right there. Like I've said for you know this entire 28 minutes that we've been recording, we're right there. This team is right there. They know that. I think from what you said, you know, Coach Hammock seemed uh, very fired up after the, after the game today. And I think that there's going to be a lot of energy to get better. There's going to be a lot of motivation to get better going forward and win these next two football games because believe it or not I think these next two games carry a lot of momentum into what the 2021 season is going to look like absolutely and you know to wrap it up I mean coach Hammock did say you know we can't wait to get back to work on Monday and like we talked about earlier in the podcast this is a team that we can expect to at least compete for bowl eligibility next year moving forward they should be competing for MAC titles the next few years so stay patient Trust the process, trust the players, trust the coaching. We will get back to where we belong in this conference. Ethan, who do you have for your players of the game this afternoon? Well, we touched on Ross Bowers. I think that really is his best game of the year, best game of the season. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot that he looks at going forward, too. And we both know, we both know what happened against Toledo last year. It's a big revenge game for Ross Bowers against Toledo. So I think he's going to. I don't know if I want to steal your phrase, but I think he's going to he's gonna put his meat on the table on uh, next Saturday against the Rockets and, and go off. So I think uh, he's a well on his way, and today was a great step for it. Ross Bowers is the offensive player of the game. Let's one go. Think, one, 
One guy I think that got effort on the defensive side, I know you picked Jordan Gandy, so I know uh, I'll give you his credit. But Daverne Rainier really got after it today, got the sack. Just shows how well that young talent will blossom here over the next couple of weeks and into, uh, like I said, next season. And it just goes to show how much depth this team has and where Coach Hammock can plug guys in at different spots. And, you know, if one guy goes down, the next guy's up, that next man up mentality. So, um, you know, a young guy like him is, is a stud, and there's a lot of them on this football team. Yeah, I love it. I mean, we've talked about just the growth of this team, and you saw it today with the way that Ross has played. But I'm going to go with another growth pick for my player of the game, and I'm going to give it to Dennis Robinson. He was real close to grabbing two touchdowns today. I know uh, human instinct kicked in and said a football player. He put his hand down to kind of break his fall, and his hand beat his foot to the ground. Very close call. And then obviously, I mean, there was a chance he could have had three touchdowns today. So Dennis Robinson is right there. He's really grown into this offense nicely. And given Ross Bowers a quality secondary option to Tyrese Ritchie because another plus a 10-plus catch performance for Ritchie, absolutely all over the field. And then on the defensive side, you know, I, I called the pregame. I'm going postgame. Jordan Gandy, player of the game. Even Coach Hammock gave it to him. I actually asked Coach Hammock. It, my mouth just kind of it just kept running. I did, sometimes in the press conference, I get nervous a little bit still, even though we've gone to plenty of them. And uh, I asked him who he thought the player of the game was on defense, and he said Jordan Gandy. So I'm confident in saying that he did have an NIU record with five with five pass breakups this afternoon. But with that being said, I think that you know it wraps it up for everything today. Ethan, do you have any wrap up thoughts for the listeners before we close out this episode? Something we've talked about. Don't jump ship on this team just yet. I think we have the right guy at the helm here. A lot of talent to be found on this football team, and I don't think that uh, we're anywhere close to. Or fuck, I don't think we're uh, we're far off from finding those gems and and finding the talent for this future NIU football team. It's there. We're gonna win some football games this season, whether it be one, whether it be two. We're gonna win a football game these next two weeks. Yeah, and we'll be lucky enough to be back out there on Saturday covering the Toledo game. We do appreciate everyone that follows the live threads and the live coverage that we have of the game. And then obviously all of our lovely listeners that tune in to us every week. But before we wrap up for today, don't forget, check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on your Manscaped order. We'll be back next week with more basketball coverage, a preview and a post game of the football game. But we got nothing else for you this evening. And go Huskies. Yeah. I got dreams of living lavish. In the kitchen whipping magic. I got dreams of living lavish. In the kitchen whipping magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. So they put me over coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard.